Hello educators, you're welcome to today's episode of the Educators Educate Keep Excellent. Today we're going to be looking at the educational system in Nigeria. I'm just going to be giving an introduction, a general overview. In Nigeria we have um, different categories of education. We have the kindergarten, we have the primary education, we have the secondary education, we also have the tertiary education, all governed and regulated by the Federal Ministry of Education of Nigeria. But then we have some challenges affecting the Nigeria educational system. We have some challenges ending the system from delivering quality education. Now let me start with the um, kindergarten and primary sec- section. The kindergarten and primary sections have issues with building and overpopulation. Have you visited the public primary school in Nigeria before? Have you visited the public primary school in Lagos State before? Just take a, look, take a look at the classroom and you'll be amazed at how information will be disseminated to all the pupils in the class. Why will a primary school be having over 50 students in the class? Over 70, over 80, and why will a community, a community be given only one primary school? In a community like Maya, for example, we have two government-owned primary schools. It's not supposed to be so. The Maya government is so big that the students are more than the building. The, capa- the numbers of students are more than the building, the structure of the school. So now what do you expect? There are so many students in the classroom. Even when the teacher is trying to teach, they can't even teach properly and won't have time for all the students. The kindergarten and primary education stage, it is the foundation of learning. It is the basics. These are the people we need to pay more attention to. There are people that need more attention. Because whatever they are able to grab now will help them, will help them in their learning as they proceed. What they don't understand now will hinder them as they proceed. So the primary education is something that needs to be looked into. Like they need to check it out. Like see, a lot of primary school students are suffering. Like they are suffering because they are not getting the quality they need from the, their school. And I cannot blame the teachers right now because how many teachers, how many students can you see at the time? How many students can you talk to? How many students can you add correct? How many students can you call one-on-one to put through? It's not possible. I can a teacher be having 80 students in the class and they have to close by 2, 2 p.m. They are true, 8 to 2 p.m. Controlling over 80 students and you're going to do more than three subjects in a day. How would that be possible? The primary school education is really suffering infrastructure some of them sit on the floor they don't have tables and chairs in their classroom they sit on the floor they're having issues with infrastructure the building too they don't have enough building like okay in um um Ikurudu now towards um the first gate side the first gate going to first gate side okay from Sabo Ikurudu to that first gate area we have just two public primary schools public primary schools first um before the fish pond though okay let me put it this way we have just three from Sabo Ikurudu to last protect first gate area we have just three primary schools farm settlements model model primary school and estate primary school three primary schools just imagine the number of students living in that environment and we're having just three primary schools there it's not supposed to be so it's not so the students are more than the schools. Now that is still, we are inserting more pressure on the teachers. And 
the teachers can't handle everything. Let's be frank. They can't handle everything on their own. Considering the number of students they have to deal with per day and the number of subjects they have to teach. Because they have to meet up with the curriculum. So they can't just a teacher can pick a subject a day to teach the children. Provide students to make sure they understand. It's not possible. The primary education is really suffering. And some of them, they are having issues with teachers. They don't have enough staff to the school. And I'm wondering, we have a lot of graduates that are looking for employment, interested and passionate about teaching. They don't have jobs, whereas our public schools are sort of teachers. This is one issue facing the primary education. Now, let's look at the secondary education. I was amazed when I was told that they just has one classroom. They have up to 180 students. Please, what? what, what ah, Jesus, one classroom, 180 students. I was amazed. Why would they have up to 180 students in just one Jesus, one classroom? And in that particular school, they have up to six classrooms for Jesus, one. So just 180 multiplied by six. So just imagine the numbers of students in Jesus, one in total. And they have very limited subject teachers. Just one subject teacher is teaching chess on chess to chess three. How would that teacher find to explain to the student? Because imagine, see, teachers are not machineries, they are not machines. Imagine walking to the class first period, chess one, go to chess two, second period, go to chess three, third period, move back into the chess, so on fourth period. Do they like you don't have time to rest apart from the break time? Please, the teacher will be tired. The strength and the effort that the teacher will put in teaching. Would have gone because the teacher will even try to be conserving the energy so like she or she can meet up with the other classrooms, the other classes that have our subjects. See, it's not supposed to be so. We're supposed to have more teachers. The secondary school in this country, they are suffering from teachers. They don't have enough teachers. They don't have enough teachers. We admit so many students because we have very few schools. Like, we have very few government secondary schools. In a co- I'm still using Maya as an instance. From Maya, Maya to um, Isio, and we have just two government schools, Maya to Silas. Then just imagine the number of students within that secondary school range that are living in those communities. Students are too much. They are too much not for one school. Students are too much, and it's so sad. It's as if government has stopped. Um, New schools. They're going to have stopped establishing schools, secondary schools, yes, because it's the same schools that I've been hearing of, is what I've still, I'm still hearing of. The only thing I notice in some of them is they just try to renovate. See, it, well, the population is increasing, day by day, they keep increasing. The population keeps increasing on a daily basis. So, we need more schools, we need more schools, we need more schools in this country, we need more schools, especially in the South Wales region, as I know of, like, students are too much. Students are many. Schools, short, they are short of schools. You okay. account a single classroom, we have 180 students. And they don't use sound system to explain. Teachers don't use sound system, they just come to the class and talk. Some students are the back of single here, coupled with some distractions that take place in the classroom. Is the government needs to work on that. This is one of the issues we're facing in the Nigerian secondary schools. Now, looking at the tertiary institution, the tertiary institution in this country would have been fine 
and race. If we have more committed lecturers, and if we have more honest people in the administrative sections of the school, how can a school that knows that the minimum, the maximum number of students they are to admit for a year is 5,000, how would they sell for? It's almost 45,000 how it does not make sense fine some will fill the screening some will pass but then you have to be getting five thousand students in your school you should at least sell form to like seven thousand then okay it's just say two thousand filled then you eventually have said five thousand why would you be sending form to more than and i've been wondering why is it that the Admission forms of our second our tertiary institutions don't close. The admission forms don't close. Like they just keep selling, selling, selling to make money. Eventually, people that they should have paid them think about their life and think about what they, they ought to do with their life. Be waiting, wasting time, waiting for them, thinking that okay, you'll be admitted this year, you get admission this year and all. It is very wrong. Another thing we need to check. Our tertiary institutions. They are only wasting the time of Nigerians, making them have hope where there is no, there is no hope. If your target number is 5,000, sell form to 7,000 people. So that when 2,000 people you admit to many 5,000, not selling form to 15,000 people. And you now leave 10,000 souls, 10,000 students thinking of what to do with their life. It's not Another issue we have is non-talent they don't care like they don't really care about what what and they don't really care about they don't really care about they don't really care about the students and it's not supposed to be so how much you care about the students students that are all about your kid that you actually to nurture some body come to classes and say a is for God. This is wrong. This is wrong. Some, when you even excel, some of them will say, I can't give you, you, you pass the boy, I can't just give you the school. Sorry, what are they using the scores to do? Some schools, because they have a target number of students they want to graduate. And they've admitted excess, excess students. We now start helping the student by giving them carryovers. It's not supposed to be so. It's not supposed to be so at all. While in some of our other schools, a student that is doing well academically, all of a sudden, the students start dropping. As a lecturer, seeing going to the schools, you should be able to call that student to that. What is wrong with you? What is going on with you? Used to be your grades used to be high, but now you're coming down. What's going on? To be able to put it is so sad. Most of our lecturers they're not, they're not even concerned, they don't have they don't have that feeling with them to you know reach out to the student. They are just let me teach you and get out of the class. And it needs to be specific. when you teach, you should ensure that you follow up. Fine, you can't follow them up because they are you can't follow them up. 
only because they are males. But then, the little you can do, especially when you are observing their grades, someone who is making it, going ahead, all of a sudden started dropping, he needs to at least call that person so that you see what the person can, what what the person, what has gone wrong with the person. But it's, not, it's so sad to note that it's, that's not the case. Instead, when you do that, we don't. Everyone's head in a Another thing we lack is transparency in our schools. They are not transparent. So when you see you gain admission into the primary school, so many stress. Like they stress some of the, most of the things, most of the admission processes into our government, state and government, our federal and state owned schools. And I'm wondering what is wrong. These are the people, we are the people, we are the citizens. So our rights, we have the right to education. But then, when you want to get educated, you go through so many stress. So many queues. So many running around. So, like, it's so much, and I'm like, it's not supposed to be so. The system, the process is fine. They are trying to adopt the, the computer based internet stuff, but then they are not still effective. Stress is too much. It's not so effective. And we have limited tertiary institutions in the country. The number of the number of youths that are interested in being graduates are not in schools because we don't have enough schools in the country. The schools are the schools are limited and I begin to wonder are they not building schools again? These schools that were available since nineteen sixty that are still available. The population we are increasing. Right, the people give birth almost every day. We are increasing. The Nigerian youths are more than the generation of my fathers. There are many. So I'm wondering why is it the same number of schools they had then? They are still the ones that are existing now. Building new schools is not in the budget. At least should have the building of new schools in our budget. And even the budget, they don't even allocate enough funds for the educational, educational system. The funds allocated for the educational system, not even much. And I'm wondering, like, are we not encouraging education in this country? What is going on? A lot of people are interested in learning. A lot of people are interested in learning, but then, we are having issues with our schools. Now, what of the quality of the education they, they offer? The last time they were on the news that to gain admission is of foreign countries, you have to go through a one-year preparatory class because the Nigerian standard of education did not meet their standard. And it was not so in the days of our fathers, so it was not so in the days of our ruler. And I begin to wonder what has gone wrong. The effort that, were in, that was invested in learning teach the people of our fathers, the people of the likes of Professor Wallace Rinka and the rest. The investment. Why is it that the present day lecturers are not investing it in our young ones, at least our generation? Actually, they were the ones that were being taught. And I'm wondering why is it that they were being taught that way and they are neglecting the next generation? Don't they know that it is what they impact to this generation? Or be impacted to the next generation, and if they keep reducing the quality of education, 
for this generation, definitely the next generation will suffer this thing. So we need to stop this train. We need to stop this train. Like it's so painful. You finish secondary school in Nigeria, you write a foreign exam, you pass the test of English as a foreign language, you pass the school entrance exam, and they ask you to do one year preparatory class, one year class to to make you meet up with your standard. It is it is it's an insult. It is so embarrassing. Like personally, it's so embarrassing. Like I felt so sad getting to know such. Like I'm like. I've studied so well, past examinations, beginning admission, and I will be asked to do one year extra before I can start my bachelor's. It's not supposed to be so. And this is just to show that the quality education, we are not being given quality education especially, and it's really affecting. So many Nigerians are very intelligent. Nigeria has been blessed with very intelligent youth, quite very, 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 very intelligent youth. But then the system has certainly been bringing them down. Like, them down. Please, we need to adjust this. We need to adjust this. We need to adjust this. Because quality education must be passed to the next generation. And for quality education to be passed to the next generation, this generation needs to be redirected. Like, things need to change. The change needs to start now so that it can reflect, reflect later. Whatever it's sown in this, the life of this present youth is what they will deliver next generation please to every educator listening to me be even if you're working in a government sector or a private sector please try to contribute your own quota when you're teaching learners try to contribute your own quota you know you're doing please do your best at it so that at least the change starts with you the change starts with me Let's start the change from ourselves and the more we spread, the more we become many in making a change, the more it will rub off on this generation of learners and they will be changed, things will change for good. Nigerian education needs attention. So that's why in this month of December, I will be interviewing three other people passionate about education and learning. They will be sharing their thoughts some of these challenges I've mentioned and we're looking at more of them. We'll also be discussing on challenges we can avoid and how we can patch up the ones that are unavoidable. And they'll be sharing their personal and um, their personal thoughts like, like what they feel can be done. The solutions to the issues of the Nigerian educational system. I will be having Ms. Joyce Obiako Mr. Remileko Adeogun and Mr. Abatunde Afroyo with me throughout this month of December. Please don't miss this edition of the Educator's Talk with Peter Sema. Don't miss it. Just keep tabs. 10 a.m. every Tuesday on this podcast. Keep listening. Share your thoughts. I'll be glad and happy to receive them. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. See you again next week. educators you're welcome to today's episode of the educators talk with Sema. today we're going to be discussing the education in nigeria we'll be looking at the challenges and 
solutions. We have a special guest, my amazing with me today is no other person than Joyce Good Obiako. She's a professional accountant with a background degree in accounting and economics. She is the founder of Midas Touch Consult, a bookkeeping and accounting firm for small business owners. Ms. Joyce is passionate about education, which she doesn't believe must only be within the four walls of a school, but could be all about learning and relearning skills to make the society a better place. Good news, she lives in Lagos, Nigeria. She's also a Nigerian. Thank you very much for joining me today, Ms. Joyce. Thank you so much. So today, education is known as the fundamental human right of every citizen in this country. Why is it that over 76 million adults are illiterate in Nigeria? Presently, as of September 7, 2021, from the report on the Tribune newspaper, we have 76 million Nigerian adults that are illiterate. What could be the cause? Yes, first of all, thank you, Gibbs, for having me on today's Educators Talk. It's such an honor to be here. Indeed, the rate of illiteracy in Nigeria keeps increasing, and this can be traced to so many reasons of which I will just highlight a few that I feel are the main causes. But first of all, when we say someone is an illiterate, what do we mean? To be an illiterate means the inability to be able to read or write due to having no formal education. According to statistics from World Bank, over 78 million Nigerians cannot read or write. Now, the major cause of this is because the education sector is not properly funded. The government pays little or no attention to the funding of Nigeria's education system. Take for example, for 2021, the education sector budget reallocation was just 5.6%, which is actually the lowest over the past decade and is actually a far cry from the UNESCO um, recommended benchmark rate for education sector. The benchmark rate is um, between 15 to 26% of budgetary allocation for education. Now, the education sector is not properly funded and because of that, teachers are not well paid for their efforts. There are no facilities to be built. Facilities cannot be built. Um, research centers cannot be built. So many things like that, that even sending your child to school is just like, there's nothing. Because the education system, the government pays little or no attention to the education system in Nigeria. And the education of a country's people is actually a key, a crucial point for a nation's development. But here in Nigeria, the government does not really fund its education sector. Thus, we have the increasing rate of illiteracy here in Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Ms. Joyce. Now, in the last four years, as we reported that the level of illiteracy has risen in Nigeria. In November 23, 2017, it was reported on the Premium Times that 60 million Nigerian adults are illiterate. As far as September 7, 2021, on the Tribune News, it was said that we now have 76 million adult Nigerians who are illiterate. 
what could be the cause of the rise? Is it the advent of the COVID-19 pandemic? The increase in the rate of illiteracy in Nigeria really has nothing to do with the COVID-19 pandemic, but is as a result of an increase in our population. Take for example, the population of Nigeria in 2017 is not the same as the population of Nigeria in 2021. If already we have over 76 million adults that are illiterate, these adults are also, you know, going to bear children. They're going to have children and being not educated themselves, they don't really know the importance and the value of education and doubts they won't encourage their kids to go to school. So these kids grow grows up and they join with the queue of illiterates we have in Nigeria. So except something is done immediately to educate the masses about the importance of education, the, the rate of illiteracy in Nigeria would keep increasing. So these are the reasons. Already there's so much people that are not educated and there's so many kids right now that are not in school. These kids will grow up to become adults, yeah? And they'll join to the queue of adults that we already have as illiterates, thereby increasing the numbers of illiterates we have in Nigeria. So this can be this, this is the cause and really has nothing to do with the COVID-19 pandemic now. Thank you so much for that, Miss Joyce. Please, ma'am, what do you think can be done to reduce the rise of literacy in the country? Yes, to reduce the rate of illiteracy in Nigeria, then the Nigerian government needs to invest more in our education system. Our budget allocation, the budget allocation for the education sector needs to increase. The education sector really needs a lot of funding so more schools can be built, more facilities can be built, more libraries can be, can be built, so school children can have access to good and quality education. And also a mass awareness of the importance of education. Because already if we have over 76 million adults that are not educated, they obviously don't know the value of education. But if the government should pay full attention to the education sector, by educating the people about the importance of education, the more people can go back to school, children can be encouraged to go back to school, dilapidated buildings can be rebuilt, conducive learning environment, teachers can be paid so that they can carry out their, their duties effectively and efficiently. So it all starts with um, the education sector being adequately provided and funded. Quality education and lifelong learning are one of the things that can help the development of the nation. But it's sad to note that in some parts of the country, especially the northern parts of Nigeria, it has been observed that they have more illiterates compared to the other regions of the country. Now, what can we do? How can we bridge the gap? How can we have more illiterates in those areas that don't have quality education? What can be done to our northern states? How can we improve the quality of education? How can we encourage younger ones from that area to have interest in learning and pick up learning? What can we do to that? Yes, the increasing rate of illiteracy in the northern part of Nigeria is actually a major concern, especially given the part that a larger percentage of Nigeria's population 
are from the northern parts of the country and also a larger percentage of illiterates are from the northern parts of Nigeria. Now this is majorly due to the insurgency issues that is being faced over there. Not to mention the fact that already there is a mindset thing of education not being valued over there. There's some part of um, the northern part of Nigeria that sees education as a sin. That is why we have the issue of Boko Haram, which actually means Western education is a sin. So already they don't see a need for it. And when they do and try to go to school, they face insecurities, kidnappings of students, kidnappings of school children, and thereby they totally lose interest and the rate of illiteracy keeps increasing. Now, what can be done to cope this is if the government should beef up the security of the northern schools and also do a mass awareness of the importance of education. Make them understand that until you're properly educated, you will not have good jobs to take care of yourself, your family, your community. Without education, you will not be able to compete with the international market. So they really need a an orientation of the mindset and um, a beef up in their security issues over there. So if this can be tackled, then we'll see a decline in the literacy rate in the northern parts of Nigeria because it's very, very key that they get educated so as to reduce the, the, the ratio and the rate of illiteracy in Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Ms. Joyce. Now, with what you've said so far, if we are able to put them in place, where do you see education in Nigeria in the next five years? The future actually is what we make of it. That is to see the future, you need to plan and prepare for it. Failure to plan is planning to fail. So where I see Nigeria's education system in the next five years is all dependent on how serious the government begins to take our education sector. Until we have a government that is education conscious then the education system of nigeria will keep declining because currently nigeria falls among the top 20 illiterate countries in the world so where i see us in the next five years is something that we really need to plan for to make it better we really need to plan to make sure that our education system gets better. We really need to invest more in our education, get our children to school, treat the issues of insurgencies in the northern parts of the country, educate them of the need to be educated, fund the education system, appoint Minister of Education based on merit and not just based on politics so they can really tackle the problem. So if all this is put in place, then Nigeria's education in the next five years would actually be something to look forward to. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Joyce. It has been a wonderful time with you. I'm sure our listeners have had one or two things to give. Educators, see you again, same time, same place next week. We'll be having another guest by the name Adeogun Adewemi. Stay tuned. Bye.
Hello educators and welcome to today's episode of the Educators Talk with Gift Asema. We are looking at the series Education in Nigeria, the challenges and possible solutions. With me today is no other person than Adeogun Aberemi, microbiologist passionate about education and everything around learning. Like we've been discussing since the beginning of this month, we've been trying to identify some of the challenges we're having with education in Nigeria. And from our previous episodes, it has been stated that the government is actually one of the challenges we're having in the educational system in this country. What do you have to say on this? Thank you, SMR Gift, for having me on your program. I'm very delighted to be here. Now, in response to your question, there's a statement that says, the quality of a nation's education determines the level of its national development. When you look at developed countries like USA, Japan, Germany, the Netherlands, Australia, there's something unique about this country. And what is that? The level of their development. And this goes for to show how much the government of these countries, they've invested into their education sector. If not, you will not be seeing all these returns in form of development of such countries. As a matter of fact, even we Nigerians, we travel to these countries not on tourism base but where just to go there to study and further our education which is because the government of these countries they've made the education environment favorable for people to want to study but when you come down here to nigeria the annual budgetary allocation to education is nothing to write home about these funds that are meant for the welfare of the teacher of the students the infrastructure of the school is nothing to write home about according to statistics in 2016 6.7 percent of the annual budget was allocated to education and now in 2021 it reduced to 5.6 percent this goes for to show us how much our government devalue education. As a matter of fact, if you value something, you will invest more in it, not decrease your level of investment in it. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. As at December 10, 2021, statistics shows on Google Trends about the interest of education in Nigeria has declined to 38%. What could be the cause of this? Why is it that Nigerians are no longer interested in education? It's a sad question you've asked though. Why do I say sad? Because if people keep losing interest in education, I wonder what is going to become of such country later in future. Now, number one reason, unemployment. There is no job. As a matter of fact, if a student knows he or she after graduating from the university is going to get a job the interest of such student is going to be very high because he or she knows that mm, i need education to get this job but in a world whereby okay after even going to school to study it is not certain he or she is going to get a job 
tell me how such a student will have high interest or how such a person will be interested in going into education no because he will feel even if i go to school is it certain i'm going to find a job that's number one number two fraud now you find people that are not even educated building fine houses driving fine cars and somebody who's graduating is still struggling you just find the younger generation looking at you like ah look at johnson he went to school he's still struggling he's still living with his parents and look at larry he didn't even go to school and he's into fraud that's when you hear them saying school now scam it's better i just follow this trend and going to fraud because they feel there is no reward for education in their country which is very sad because we can't continue like this thank you so much for that sir now if the standard budgetary allocation for education is made in nigeria do you think more nigerians will be interested in education of course they'll be interested of course they'll be very interested why because if you increase the budget allocation to the education sector and those monies now notes and those monies they are spent efficiently in maybe in buying more chairs in procuring buses for the school and even feeding the students a meal per day of course students will be encouraged to want to go to school mind you let me give you this example if me as a child i know that okay there's going to be boss that will take me free of charge to school and it's going to bring me back that's going to like prick my interest like, oh yes this one is going to save me the stress of maybe it's going to rain and it'll be difficult for me to get to school and now i know that when i get to school they are going to feed me. In fact, parents will be the one that will force their children. Oh yeah, come and start going to school because they know that the money they are meant to be giving them, maybe the feeding money, the transport money. Ah, they can use that money to do certain things because what the government they've made those things available for their children. Of course, it's going to interest people to want to go to school. Of course, it's going to. Wow, thank you so much. Now, aside the government and the budgets the educational sector in Nigeria. What else do you consider as the cause of illiteracy and the decline in the interest of education in Nigeria? Um, I can say family as well. Why do I say families? You find out that some children, they drop out from school at a very early age. One, some parents, maybe they no longer have the means to sponsor their children. And as a result, such children have to drop out from school to look for one minor jobs or the other. Or maybe in a family, they lost the sole sponsor or the breadwinner of such family, maybe the father. And such family, maybe they can no longer cope with maybe the things the child needs to go to school, like the books and all those things. As a result, such child will have to drop out from school to look for means to make money. And aside the family itself, the economy, things are increasing. Daily, things are increasing. If you want to buy maybe shoe for your child, sander, all other school equipment like that, they're very expensive to buy. And because of that, self, some parents feel like, whoa, 
don't worry while you come and go and learn work come and go and do one thing or the other i can no longer sponsor your education and as a result of that there has been an increase in level of illiteracy rates in nigeria thank you so much for that now how can we address some of these issues the answer to this question is just it's simple the government need to invest more in the education sector they need to create more enabling environment they need to make more policies put certain things in place that will encourage people to want to study and also they need to reward academic excellence when somebody goes to school graduates with the first class such a person should be rewarded nicely to the extent that people will oh if this person can do this and at the end of this he or she got this i need to also study other so that i can be celebrated this way which means they need to celebrate more academic excellence thank you thank you so much sir now my final question where do you see education in nigeria if these things mentioned in place of course if all these are in place <laughs> i see nigeria in a place of pride and honor in future why am i saying this here in nigeria we are blessed with the brilliant minds we are blessed with the youth see when you see nigerians in the diaspora academically they excel because what that environment has enabled them to survive and do well academically also if you can create such enabling environment for them here in nigeria in fact the sky is just the beginning for them they are going to do better and as a result they are going to even apply all they know to the development of nigeria and in future you see nigeria being the pride of itself and being the pride of africa and the world at large thank you Thank you so much, Mr. Adiremi, for joining us on today's episode of the Educators Talk with Kitesemi. I'm sure everyone who listen has had one or two things to put on to from what you shared. And I believe if our government put everything in place, our country will be a better place in the near future. Thank you so much, educators, for listening to today's episode of the Educators Talk with Kitesemi. See you again next week. Next week, we're going to be having another special guest by the name Mr. Aforewo Mabatsunde. Stay tuned. We're going to happen at the same time. Thank you. Bye. Hello, educators. You're welcome to today's episode of the Educators Talk with Gita Sema. With me today is Aforewo Mabatsunde Adebeji, formerly known as Sababs. He's a social innovator and a graduate of computer science. Is the founder of the Inverters Foundation, an organization which provides academic support for indigenous children in rural communities and slums. Sababs has several awards to his name and is a fellow of the Young African Leader Initiative, YALI, and also African Trainmakers Fellowship. He has several awards to his name for his efforts in making his community a better place. Welcome on board, Sabab. Sababs, we're so glad to have you here today. You're welcome, sir. So, sir, for the past three weeks, we have been discussing the educational state in Nigeria. 
So far, we have been able to trace a major issue affecting the educational system, and that is the issue of financing, low financing. Sababs, do you agree with this? And is there something we can do as citizens to correct the issue of the low financing in our educational system? Good morning, everyone, and um, a Merry Christmas and um, a Happy New Year in advance to us all. I count this a great privilege. Um, being right in the midst of everybody, we have the opportunity of um, speaking to us on diverse ways to bring forth solutions to some of the problems affecting the educational system in Nigeria. And hopefully, I can assure you that a few times we'll be spending together will be a great eye-opener to us all, as we will not just be talking, we'll be exposing ourselves to diverse solutions to some of those long-time problems facing the educational sector in Nigeria. Thank you. Well, um, I grew up um, attending a public school, both in the primary, secondary, and uh, my tertiary institution. So, between um, 1990 and um, 2007, I, I was privileged to attend both my primary, secondary, and tertiary institution, all the public schools. So, in response to the first question on low financing, as far as our educational system is concerned, the first question is, I, I should be asking myself is this, or asking us is this, who do we blame? Number one, I want to put this fact and record straight, that there is no way we'll be pointing fingers or accusing fingers on uh, the downfall of educational system in Nigeria without bringing the government as the number one um, defaulter in this regard. Why do we have um, a low finance in the educational system? I think we need to look back and you know, call the attention of the government in this regard. The educational system in the country has become um, something not just being poor, but a laughing, a laughing stock rather those in government have decided to make our regional system a uh, how do I put it now they have decided to make it something to toy with rather than investing in the educational system we invest in irrelevant and um, unnecessary things in the country I really do not want to start fingers, fingers but an ex- a, a, a perfect example of such is um the reality show that just got concluded recently where we have the winner going home with over 19 million naira both in cash and in gifts i'm now talking about uh the reality show known as big brother niger now hardly will you see the government pumping or the private sector pumping such an amount of money into the criminal system for example you you see you see bonvita you see cowbell you see milo 
we see some other um, government agencies, uh, private agencies rather, giving the best students in a school or in a quiz competition 10,000 naira, 5,000, 15,000 naira. Now tell me, with such a low investment in the education system, do you think um, young ones will be encouraged to put any form of seriousness into academic, into the academic pursuit? Definitely, it will be a no answer. So you can imagine somebody who is a dropout who is into a reality show winning 90 million naira, and somebody who is brilliant putting on effort, going through a lot of stress to become an accountant, a scientist. And at the end, if you become the best student in your department in the secondary school, you get nine years in work. All you will get is ten thousand naira, five thousand, fifteen thousand naira. So we can see that but the government and the private sector are all into blame for this when i say the private sector i'm not excluding our religious houses yeah they're also part of the sector the private sector because i believe that even if the social sector is not doing anything religious houses can celebrate their best graduating students or their best performing students in schools so when we refuse to pump enough financing to the schools we are not encouraging our students to take the academic life seriously for example go to an average public school in the country you see a depleted um, school building the library is nothing to write home about the laboratory hardly will you even see um, laboratory equipment in the in the lab even the teachers you see them getting to school whatever time that you know they feel is okay for them is convenient for them some of them rather than even attending classes they take time to chat up in their uh staff rooms you know because there's no motivation there's not enough finances being popped into the sector you know so all these are factors that contribute immensely to the downfall of education system in the country if the government private sector and everyone can lay hands on deck and see to, you know, improving uh, financial aspect in the educational system in the country. I think um, it will, the educational system in the country will be greatly improved and will have um, a lot of positive influence rather than what we have in present. Thank you very much for that, sir. Sir, aside the issue of the low financing. Another issue we need to tackle is the standard of education. You know, our secondary school graduates, our SSC holders, when they go, when they write overseas exams, foreign exams, study there for their bachelor's degree, they are usually asked to do six, six to nine months extra course. Before they start their degree fully, has to show that our standard of, standard of education is low. So, how can we correct this? What are the things we need to place to adjust this? How can we improve the standard of education in our country? Um, will I agree with you that our standard of education is low? No, I won't agree with you. I think the only difference between or our, our own standard here and that of um, the overseas is just structure. Let me give you an example. I have a cousin 
while he was here in Nigeria, he was a trance in school. He he was among um, the least students in his class, you know, while he was in secondary school. But he got um, the family got uh, a visa lottery. They won a visa lottery in 1996, and they they to the USA. Within two years, while they were there, my cousin got a scholarship from the school he was while in the US to study in the um, UK and then um, he went to UK to study after his high school, that is secondary school in the USA. He went to UK for his university degree and um, he was the best in his department, you know, for the years he was in school in the UK. So I do not agree with you that um, our standard is that um, bad, but I think the only difference is the structure we do not have um, a unique structure a systematic structure that propel our students on that same level with that of um, the overseas most of our students when they get um, abroad they do much more better and that is why oftentimes some of uh, some of our nigerian students overseas becoming the best graduating students in their department or faculty as it may be I also have a friend also too when he left Nigeria he was also a former student of Unilag he went to the US and had his masters there he came top of the department as the best graduating student so I, I would say in most cases the only difference between us here and there is the structure now let's break it down right from the primary school down to the secondary school here we do not have um, that system that propel us that gives us the right standard an average nigerian is brilliant we are gifted by god i'm sure you understand this but we do not have that stru- academic structure that's only the, that, that's the only difference between us and uh, them over there um l- l- let me state this for example for us nigerians for primary school you have to you know read through nine different courses for a primary school student I'm sure sometimes you see some of those in primary school going to school kind of heavy bags and you begin to wonder what subjects do you offer in school that you have to go with a heavy load of notebooks and textbooks down to school every day. And this also applies to those who are in secondary school. If you are in secondary school, you have to read 16, um, you have to pass 16 subjects, 13, 14 subjects. You know, this is ridiculous. Unlike while in overseas you just have to be specific go through five six seven um, classes or subjects and you are done in our universities here what i read computer science in school while in school i actually i actually did technical drawing i did mathematics i did um uh, what is it called now i i want to remember citizenship you can imagine where does that you know where does it implies in computer science? I did statistics. I did a lot of other irrelevant subjects to statistics. Whereas if it has to do, and I only had to do with Fortran and um, um, I did Fortran and I also did um, basic computing, you know, as part as the main computer language subjects during my first year. Now, all the subjects I did were irrelevant to the course. So, you can imagine, if I had to do 12, 13 subjects and only two are relevant to the course I was studying in an institution, 
unlike those ones over there where they have to be specific on what they are learning so it is our standard that is bad it is not just about us here the, another thing you want to look at is this for our hair care in nigeria that is um the the body setting our exams so you can't compare with that of you know the foreign counterparts here for you have to pass you have to write like a um, nine subject 10 11 12 subjects and you must pass a minimum of six with maths and english being composite subject and you have to pass other core subjects in your work so now you can imagine putting all of these efforts together you know it, it is incomparable with that of the advanced countries they are specific while here in nigeria or in africa everything goes for us now you and i will also agree that in WAEC, there are um, examination and practices. You can't also rule that away. So it is not just about the best, it is about those who pass by all means. At times, we do not, examination is not, it's not the, at times, we, you will also agree with me that examination is not the best test of knowledge. Sometimes we read to pass, not read to understand. So you can't compare all of this with standard of education in the advanced world. And that is why for an average Nigerian, you have to do all your best to pass the exam, either you understand the subject or not. But I, I totally don't want to believe that we are not brilliant here, or we do not um, have the quality, you know, um, against our counterparts overseas, especially in the Western world. So I think um, the only difference between us here and those in the European or Western world is just the structure. If we can have a standardized structure where the needful have been put in place, I think our educational system will be the best and will keep producing not just the best, but those who can actually defend their certificates, defend their results, and those who bring um, also limelight and those who prepare us to the greatest level where we actually and truly belong to. Thank you so much for that, sir. Last week episode, my guest mentioned that we don't celebrate scholars in our country. Sir, if we are to begin that in this country presently, what approach do you think we can start with? that every of our first-class graduates in the country is celebrated. How do you think we can embark on that? Well, I said this in one of my notes earlier before now, that uh, one of the challenges we have is because we don't celebrate our best friends. Now, do we need to wait till the university level before we begin to celebrate our best friends? No. I think it, we need to start from the primary school we need to catch them young we need to begin to make education important right from the primary school we need to go to the grassroots begin to celebrate our young brains begin to encourage them begin to showcase the talents the intelligence we have right from the primary school down to the secondary school before the tertiary we don't we can't jump those two levels down to the tertiary there are students who are great right from the primary secondary and by the time they get to the tertiary they dropped 
but I'm sure that if they have enough encouragement, and there are some that drop out of school, either from the primary or secondary school, because their parents do not have the financial capacity to send them to your institution. So if we can have the same, this issue still boils down to the structure. If we have a structure that celebrates our best brains right from the primary to the secondary to the tertiary institution, well, you will, you and I will agree that we begin to produce the best brain, you know, every year. For example, if you look at the primary, uh, those in primary school, if we have the, the best students celebrated in each class, you know, we have, a, if we have a, a particular set aside standard for them in terms of gifts, you will agree with me that each year, the the level of comp- competition will increase and this is where the old student also comes in while we do not need to put everything in the hand of the government or the private body yes for every old student of, of each of the schools too they can also play a significant role in this regard even if the government is not looking at this or the private bodies are not looking at um compensating or um showcasing the talents we have at our primary and secondary school level i think the old student of each of the schools can take this as a priority you know for every year go back to your school get some gift and uh, on prize giving day encourage the best student at all these levels if we begin to encourage our students right from the primary to secondary school before we jump into tertiary institution you and i will agree with me that each year the number of competitive students will increase but unfortunately because we do not celebrate students at these levels and we have focus mainly on those adultery institutions we do not actually we 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 thereby underestimate the knowledge we have at those two levels you know before jumping to the tertiary and I, I also think that at the secondary level we only we only appreciate those who do well in external exams that is Wayek and Neko, we do not look at um, the, the yearly progress of these students. So if we look at their yearly progress and appreciate them, I think we have more competition. Yes, more academic excellence and competition, so to say, at the external exam level in Wayek, in Neko, and perhaps in Jump. So um, we need to go back to, to the drawing board. The government, the private, then the old student association of each of our schools also need to take this serious. The government may be responsible for a lot of downfall in our education sector, but the government cannot be absolutely blamed. There are some little responsibility we can also take charge of. So there is nothing bad if the parent 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 teachers association as the PTA of our schools. You know, we also take responsibility and say, okay, for every term, I mean, for every session, two, three, four students will be awarded scholarship, you know, to encourage others to be competitive in the forthcoming session. So we also need to look at all these factors rather than just put the blame on the government or alone. Thank you so much for that, Sabavs. Now, Northern states, the rate of illiteracy is high. One of my guests said that as a result of the insecurities and 
and some religious beliefs in the land. Now, to breach the to reduce the rate of illiteracy in the northern states, do you think the adoption of homeschooling will help you know sort it out over there? Sometimes in 20, I think um 12 or 13, I visited four northern states and um I ended up having enough time in um Mina, Niger State. Luckily, my younger cousin was a teacher in one of the primary schools there. And I realized that um, sometimes she sometimes she'll go to work today in the morning. Tomorrow, you see her going to work in the evening. You know, and after studying her for three, four days, I had to ask from her, what's wrong? You hardly go to job. Um, you know, you hardly go to job on a stretch. It seems you have a timetable or what exactly is wrong? Then you know what she told me? She said, students or children in the north are being forced to go to school. There are times those who attend school in the morning are not the same students who attend school in the afternoon. And those who attend in the afternoon are not the same set of students who attend in the evening. So it means um, the ideology of the northern states is quite different from what you have in the north. I mean, in the south, in the east, and in the west. So, first, that ideology needs to be changed over there. Most of our northern um, children or youth prefer farming, cattle rearing, sp- specifically as their source of livelihood and um, source of income. Literally, they do not totally believe in education. For them, they do not believe the girl child should be educated. They believe the girl child should end up in the kitchen. And that is why you have a much more increase in terms of um, girl, the girl child marriage in the north. So, of course, that is not why we are here this evening to talk about the girl child marriage, you know. But then, let, let, let me state this clearly. It all, down, it's, it all goes down to the structure. The structure in the northern part of the country is not the same how we have in the western part. In the western part of the country, we believe that education is a topmost priority. In fact, everything is changing now. We do not believe that the girl child is actually meant for the kitchen now. We believe the girl child should also have the same um, opportunity and exposure such, such as the boy child too, you know, he has. At his disposal so for the northern part i i, I think um it also down, has to do with um orientation i think those in the north needs to be reorientated you know and then um, they also need to understand the fact that education is key to the development of the nation yes insurgency and um um insurgency and um terrorism has also played a major part in the downfall of education in that area you know and because a lot of people do not want to take their life at risk going to school we also because we know what happens to the cheapbook girls till now majority of those girls have not been found so no 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 reasonable or sensible parent will want to release their child or their children or their wards to go to school when they know that there is no security in the land yeah i totally agree with you However, I do not think insurgency is a total is totally responsible for the low 
um turnout in academic um exposure for those in the north prior to now it has always been a low turnout those in the north do not totally believe in education i'm not saying they don't believe i said they do not believe totally in it so i think there is also a need for um a reorientation of those who are in the north and i believe that programs like this where you have speakers coming to speak coming to reorientate people coming to change the norms coming to change the ideas coming to you know open our eyes to to the to the fundamental um advantage of education in the country we keep um you know bringing an eye opener to some of these problems and challenges we are we are facing and we are raising you know in the country thank you so much for that sir sir with the ongoing occurrences in the educational sector in this country educational system in this country a lot of times the citizens blame the government and i'm of the opinion that the development of every nation is the duty of every citizen now sir for those blaming the government what do you have to say to them what's your word to them to let them understand that Although the government plays a major role in the education of the state, but they have contributions to make also. Now, what can you say to them? Well, while the government, um, you know, owns a larger percent of, of the fall of our educational system, I think um, parents and individuals also need to, you know, uh, need to take a share of the blame. An illiterate parents will never understand the value of education. That's the simple truth. So if I have an illiterate parent who doesn't understand the value of education, do you think they will permit me to go to school? No. However, there are some parents who are illiterate or uneducated and yet they still value the place of education because of reorientation. So. I think um, it is not just about the government, it is a collective effort by every one of us. For example, you have also put in place a very important um, approach to solve the educational problem in Nigeria. You are not a government official, you are only doing your job, you are only taking responsibility. Of course, leadership is not just about post, it is about taking responsibility and serving others. So you are serving others and taking responsibility. As an individual, you are playing a key role in the development of the educational sector in the country without government support. So we literally do not totally need to rely on the support of the government before we can take charge. Now, one of the messages I've also always preached to people is this. If you can afford to send a child to school, why not? Every year I've taken it, I've taken it um, to be something of important, you know, for myself every year i go to schools encourage um, young children i support them with additional material without having any back support from any government agency i do this from my boss and then from some of my friends so so some of my friends also they, they always support you know this cause for me so you can imagine if i'm doing this if you are doing you are playing your own part and every one of us will have our own part to play it may not be totally eradicated, but to a minimum extent, 
we can eradicate um, un- illiteracy and uneducation um, in our society. So I think it is not just about the government. We all have a key role to play, you know. If you can afford to send a child to school, why don't you do that? If you can afford to, you know, encourage a child who is doing well in school, why not? If you can, if you don't have the financial resources, but if you have the network or the connection that can help to sponsor a child to school, why not do that? So it is not just about the government all alone. It's a collective effort, as individual, as corporate body, as um, private organizations, as religious bodies. We all need to bring our hands on deck to see that we improve the educational system in our country. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sabax. It was an awesome time with you today, and I believe everyone who listened benefited from today's episode. Thank you so much, sir. Dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Educator Talk with Victor Sema. See you again, same time next week. Bye for now.